think you're not afraid of the dark. If you think you have a strong stomach. If you feel nothing can shock you. If you believe you've seen everything. If you say you don't scare easily. What are they? Y'all, Mike Rips, the Ratchelist Podcast, broadcasting live to you from ground zero, coronavirus capital itself, Queens, New York, Crescent Street to be exact. How the fuck y'all doing? How you been? I hope that you're doing well. I know things are very strange. It's funny, I haven't recorded one of these in at least, I think it's a month, three weeks at least, and... I was, like, vaguely referencing coronavirus then. Now, <laughs> it was all good just a week ago. No, it really wasn't. This has been going on for a while now. Whole fucking city shut down. People losing their jobs. 10 million unemployment claims filed. And there's some dark shit we're going to get to and some lighter stuff we're going to get to here. I'll explain my take on everything and what's been going on with me because, uh, luckily... I've been out there working in New York City every day, despite despite fucking worse than a nuclear bomb dropping on us as occurred. But first things first, please follow me on Instagram. That's where I got the most people. At Mike Rips, at Mike Rips on Facebook, at Mike Rips on Twitter. Check out my uh, three short stories I got posted on my Tumblr. You can just peep those real quick. Highwayman issue one available. Worldwide, Amazon Kindle. My fucking YouTube channel's a joke. Got 13 subs, but uh, we're on the move there. So, I mean, I'm going to be putting up more and more content. I keep saying that. I put up some verses, but same verses are on my IG. Whatever. Just follow me or check me out. Or I don't even give a fuck anymore. I've been hesitant to do one of these because there hasn't been too much going on. Uh, obviously, the whole country, the whole world is shut down because a fucking cocksucker ate a bat in soup in... China, China, whatever, it was in a lab created, I guess, that's the new thing everyone's finally talking about, I film a little bit of this every time I record it, and it's funny, and I put my Cthulhu statue next to me, that's, that's who I'm praising in times of need such as this, and it's funny, because it's over my right shoulder, it's like, I got a devil on my left shoulder, and I got Cthulhu on my right shoulder, fuck the angel, we don't need him, but, so, Quarantine continues. Brenda's been working at home, the lovely Brenda, for... She's been home working for at least three weeks now. I think a month. I don't even remember. It's three weeks or a month. The shit got crazy, I remember. Shout out to Keenan, who always posts these. And a happy belated birthday, my friend. He was having a party at his house, and then he was going to cancel it, and then, like, the day came, and I, we were going to go, and I texted him, and I'm sorry, we fronted. Because I was, that day I was losing my mind. I thought I had the fucking virus. I was afraid to leave the house. This this was really bothering me. Whatever the fuck this thing is, it's seriously affected me. Mentally, emotionally, physically, socially, uh, sexually, everything. Fucking scary. So, my take, of course, I think the virus is real. 
I know there's some wacky shit online saying it's a hoax, it's a total hoax, it's fake, it's to get Trump out of office, and uh, I don't, I'm not of that thought process. I do think, just in general, the corporate press and the politically connected establishment class, they're going to milk this motherfucker as best they can, left, right, and center, it doesn't matter, and the right was fear-mongering hard about it, uh, somebody I usually like to watch, even <laughs> I don't fucking agree with anything he says almost, fucking dickhead Tucker Carlson. He's a guy a controversial show. That's why I like it. But I don't agree with his perspective on almost anything. He was fear-mongering hard before this shit actually hit the fan. And I, I would say I don't think Tucker was really asking for the entire economy to be shut down. But he was, uh, he was uh, you know, talking about he was like his predecessor, who's the biggest fear-monger in the fucking world, Bill O'Reilly, <clears throat> you would think any, you think we'd be fucking gone through 20 apocalypses going by what the fuck that asshole used to say. But again, I, I kind of like O'Reilly, even though he's a, he's a total fucking dickhead. But I'll tell you, he's a funny motherfucker. So, my old take on this thing, we're in ground zero. New York obviously has hit the hardest, New York State, and I feel for everybody that's getting affected by this one way or another, whether you're in the hospital dying, I feel, I feel terrible about that, or you're one of the people that's your job shut down and you're broke, and now you're going to get a stimulus check, $1,200. Oh, wow. Are any of those fucking cunts taking a pay cut? How about every fucking piece of shit in the government that's worth more than fucking, let's say, what, $10 million? All of them are worth more than a million. It's funny because their salary is, what, uh, two hundred and ten grand in the Senate? 240, I think. Maybe 180 in the house. Fucking pathetic. The fact that the people are just going to think we're going to go back. The fact that people haven't woke up to what the political class does. This is why I always say I'm an anarchist. And if we were to sit down and act realistic and act like adults, maybe you could chip away at some of that. I have no faith in government. I have no faith in big corporations. They are here to extract money from the working class and make us feel dumb, and make us feel protected by them. And if you haven't woken up to this, I see, I like, this is why a lot of times I can deal with a commie more than just a regular Democrat voter, because at least they usually are woke to some of this shit. Woke, for God's sake. Fuck woke. Like, you want to talk about woke? What about fucking uh, Behold the Pale White Horse? What about fucking Rule by Secrecy? I was reading this shit over fucking 20 years ago. It's unfortunately seriously coming into fruition. Many years ago I said these assholes are not going to stop till we're stuck in our houses, not able to leave. And where are we at right now? Interesting, right? Fucking, this is a totalitarian, authoritarian police state we're living under. I don't want to fucking hear any critiques of China besides spreading this fucking thing. It's, it's their fault. It is their fucking government's fault. When you prop up leaders and they cannot be talked about or you get disappeared, and I don't want to hear anybody saying that doesn't happen. It's clearly proven and it's clearly proven over and over again. Look at Taiwan's media, look at Hong Kong's media, look at Japan's media. Let me try and keep it together here. But how are we different than China right now? How are we different than Russia right now? How are we different than North Korea right now? How are we different than Iran right now? How are we different than fucking Cuba right now? This is a authoritarian police state. If it doesn't end on April 30th, and I don't give a fuck who wants to argue, fight, bicker, and scream with me about this, you're going to see a lot of violence. It's that simple. 
not all of us can work at home. Thank God I'm blessed enough to be able to be an essential worker in two different cases because, um, shout out to Deutscher and daughter. I thought I'd never say that, you know, but they gave me my living. So, uh, yeah, as I've said many times in the podcast, I'm a truck driver, delivery driver, box truck. I don't want to say, you know, like a real truck driver doing something really serious. We deliver doors, hardware, frames, stuff like that, glass. <clears throat> I used to deliver glass, if you know what I'm saying. But anyway, speaking of that, a side note, <laughs> we're listening, I've been listening to a lot of music because we're cooped up, hunkered down in the house when I'm not working. I fucking love when Conway the Machine raps about selling meth because they're from Buffalo. So it's like, I never, I don't remember hearing many rappers. And maybe y'all could correct me in the comments or whatever when I post the clips of this or, you know, post this whole thing on YouTube and shit. Like, when we're, I, I know a rapper has said crystal meth before, but Conway has repeatedly rapped about selling meth. Like, that's awesome. Because, of course, in that Buffalo Cleveland corridor, people are buying that shit. Yeah, sipping on that Voodoo Ranger. Drink with me, y'all. This is what we're doing. One more side note. I love all my podcasters and all my YouTubers. I'm fucking I'm more addicted to that than weed and alcohol. But good Lord, like when it's the only thing going on, when there's no sports, and now movies are canceled, and fucking Jesus. It, it, everyone's kind of doing the same shit. Everyone's saying the same thing. Everyone's talking to the same people. It's like that. So, as I said, I think the virus is real. I think it's very dangerous. I obviously, by the numbers, don't fucking jump down my throat. By the numbers, it is much more deadly, at least, and fatal to someone who's, uh, you know, not in shape, diabetic, overweight, whatever. And, uh, you know, older people. People who are immunocompromised, as they say. But it has fucked with some, you know, regular people, too. So it's scary. The thing that's much scarier than even, well, of course, death. Yeah, I don't know. Death is a weird concept. Because if you're religious... And this is why people didn't fear death as much back in the day. Because everyone was religious in the world. Whether you were uh, Islamic, Jewish, Christian, Catholic, Hindu, whatever. There was this thought of the afterlife... Up until fucking what, like 20 years ago? Fucking 40 years ago when all this bullshit materialism started? Anyway. And also, if you're an atheist, then it's kind of like, you know, then you did your thing and it's over now. If you're religious, uh, any faith, you're going to transition to the next uh, version of consciousness, I guess. Whatever. But... I'm jumping all over the place, but my point is with the coronavirus and the COVID-19 itself, the thing that scares me, forget about the death, because some people are going to die from any kind of disease or whatever or anything. Uh, it's, it's very, very, very contagious. From what I've read and what I've listened to and heard, which is the same thing, why would I repeat myself? But it's very, very, very contagious. And that's scary, because you think, if we're going with the uh, Beijing story, which, <laughs> why listen to them? But let's just, for a, uh, you know, to humor them, let's say that it came from a guy eating a bat, or it came from, like, a bat 
that had the disease biting a pangolin and then someone eating a pangolin and then they transfer it, however. And they don't even know if it's airborne, which is bizarre, too. But whatever. Let's just say that's the case. Then it's kind of fucked up that somebody ate a bat somewhere fucking halfway across the world and now the whole universe as we know it is shut down. I don't know the physicists. No, it's not. There's there's a fucking storm that's been going for 70 years on fucking Jupiter. But again, if there's beings living or existing, whatever that might mean, on Jupiter, that's probably a fucking, maybe a day to them compared to us. It's all relative. That's why it's called Einstein's theory of relativity. <clears throat> so we're all cooped up. Uh, Brenda's been working at home. I've been out there working every day. I've been working at Memorial Sloan... We have many jobs at many of the hospitals in the city, and uh, they've all been shut down pretty much. And Long Island and, uh, you know, Jersey, all these places. We're going to Sloan. I can't see, honestly, this is just me speculating in my opinion at the moment here. I cannot see that some of these measures we're taking are not having an effect. Like, nobody's done shit for days. Nobody's left their house. I mean, I go out there and work. I wear a bandana to work just every day, generally, but now, of course, I'm wearing it over my face. I've wore the mask sometimes, the little, it's not the N95, but it looks like a painter's mask. Been doing all that, but I'm working the entire, I've been getting all my hours. I've been making a lot more money because I've been making a lot more overtime if I uh, was doing what was scheduled, but none of that's going on, and we're doing jobs that are just on. And uh, I gotta be honest, it's funny to me, all the private jobs are completely shut down because uh, fucking dickhead Cuomo uh, said that all non-essential construction is shut down. But it's funny because, by the way, all the government jobs are open. So you better be connected to that political class if you want to get fucking money you want to still work or, or you want to get your stupid fucking $1,200 check that means nothing from people that are... Uh, well, what is uh, Pelosi worth? It's nearly a billion. What is Trump worth? Three? Schumer? Millions? You want to keep going, guys? Do you, do you want to wake up to what's going on here? If you can't wake up from this situation, you have no hope. And you might as well live in fucking China, where the general population, they've never had autonomy. Go back and fucking Japan ruled it for a long time. How big is Japan geographically compared to China? I mean, go back into the history books, please. And uh, I was around for 9-11, of course. Uh, I was 18. That was a weird day, as I always... I, I don't know if I've ever told the story possibly in here, but I'll reiterate it for new listeners. 9-11, uh, I was working at a telemarketing company. I was 18 years old. I had been kicked out of a uh, regular New Fairfield High School, so I had graduated from <laughs> Danbury Night School. Peace, Connecticut. Um... And we were working at this telemarketing company. I got my boy Craig a job there. And that morning, 9-11-2001, we came in. There was this old Vietnam vet, this fucking Italian guy. He was out of his mind. He told me he was a second cousin or something to Chianese, that was Uncle Junior on Sopranos. And he had the same last name. Maybe he was just saying it to be cool. He kind of fucking looked like him, though, but I don't fucking know. Anyway... That day, and this guy used to break balls. Typical fucking Italian from, I think it was from the Bronx, of course. He lives in Ridgefield now. He, he was a cop back in the day, actually. Was his name Dominic? I, I don't remember. Is that Junior's name? I don't remember. Anyway, 
this fucking guy, uh, we were just, he came in and me and Craig went in and we were just bullshitting. And, uh, just doing our usual breaking balls, acting stupid. He knew we were both total burnouts, even worse than I am now. And then out of nowhere, we had this uh, cool chick. I think her name was Jen. She was our boss. She was kind of heavy set lesbian chick. She was really nice. I loved her. She fucking ran into the office. She was like a fucking plane just crashed in the World Trade Center. And she threw the fucking radio on, AM radio. And everyone was freaking out on the radio. And then we heard it. We didn't see it. But we heard the other plane crash into the second. And we were like, what the fuck? And everyone was like, this is, this is not a coincidence. And then things unfolded rapidly. Went back to Craig's house. But uh, maybe you guys want to hit that 30-second button if you don't want to hear some scandalous shit because it's about to go there. Spoiler alert. Uh, we were, uh, I was scheduled to pick up a uh, sheet of, or a book of uh, blotter acid hits that day. And we commenced with that. So, again, so we went, we went into Mayapec, uh, Carmel area to pick it up. And we left, and there was cops and army and everything directing people and telling them to go here, go here, whatever, you know, that whole thing. But, so, could I really hate on those kids that were in spring break acting like assholes when they're telling us to be quarantined? I'm fucking 37 now, so of course I've been, besides working, I've just been at the house or going to the grocery store or the pharmacy. That's it. Where we walk a little bit, but that's it. And nothing. I've been doing, and wearing the mask or the bandana, I've been doing everything the uh, feds have been telling us to do. But on 9-11, I was 18, and I didn't give a fuck. And also, isn't it funny, it goes every 9 to 10 years, we have to have this massive readjustment. 9-11 was uh, 19 years ago. Now, uh, what was it, nine years ago was the financial crisis, the thing at the end of Bush's term, and then Obama, and then whatever, the, you know, the housing market crisis, crash. The Great Recession, as they called it. We, honestly, even if they didn't just, uh, what's it called, forcibly, by force, force is the main word here, shut down every business fucking in the area, there would have been a massive recession regardless because everyone's scared shitless of this thing. People wouldn't have been going to bars and restaurants and strip clubs and comedy clubs and everything like that, you know? People are too scared to do anything. So now I ask you guys, is this worth it? Like, think of all those road comics. As I said before, a lot of these podcasters and YouTube people that I watch are comedians and they're road comics and shit like that. Like, uh, but a lot of them don't have... A lot of them that I hear on other things, like Le the people that feature on Legion of Skanks or whatever it is, I I'm not too deep in the comedy world. I like a lot of this stuff, but I would say all those road comics who live off going on the road, like, who have a marginally successful podcast, you think they can fucking eat? You think they can live off this shit? What about all the strippers? They... Who don't have a good OnlyFans. Don't have a big following. They're fucked. What about all the bartenders? What about all the waiters? What about all the boxing coaches? What about all the jujitsu coaches? Who get like? I mean, really, I, I can't side on for this. In my own mind, number one, we're living under a authoritarian police state. This is martial law, and I always said they're gearing towards martial law. It's bizarre because we do we're voluntarily doing it, but as this guy. Your buddy Donnie T from Queens, he said uh, first Easter was going to be the let's let it go point, but he's stretching out April thirtieth, and that's fair. 
uh, you know, I don't like it. I don't agree with it. I think this whole thing should have been done. For, done if we were going to do this big shutdown, I think we should have just... This goes against all my principles, but we should have just done it end of February, beginning of April. Maybe six weeks shut down and we just... And everything shut down. And, you know, papers to go to put fucking Gestapo shit, which is where we're at now, but it's kind of loose. Like, what happens next? What the fuck happens next is my question. And I don't know. I really don't know. Very nervous about it. They don't start opening shit on April 30th. There's going to be violence. There is going to be violence. I don't know what level it's going to be on. There's already been a little bit, but it's going to get massive. You know? You can't just tell people in the West. Forget America. You know, of course, the United States is like the fucking... They want to do what they want, and they don't give a fuck. And that transcends fucking race, culture, wealth, everything. Class, all that shit. Everybody in the fucking hood down there fucking live fucking two blocks from Ravenswood. Everyone's walking around, they don't give a fuck. I was in Marcy the other day, no one cares. I was in Long Island today, people are all walking around and shit. No one fucking cares, dude. Like, I don't understand how we're allowed to go to the grocery store, we're allowed to go to the liquor store... And we just have to, quote-unquote, social distance six feet apart. Why can't that exist at bars and restaurants? Why can't that exist at comedy clubs and whatever else? I don't know. But th this has already been 20 minutes of this shit. And it's just depressing. And I've been depressed. And the reason I haven't recorded one of these is because this is the only thing that's been about life. And, uh, you know, I took some pictures because I was at uh, 42nd and Lex the other day. And it's so barren and dead that... I kind of wanted to document it, but everyone's sharing that shit, so you guys already know. So why the fuck, you know, show it off? Oh, I'm out working. You know. It's kind of like the fucking sanctimonious uh, healthcare workers right now. Sorry, guys. No, they're on the front lines, and shout out to them, and thank you. Thank you to the doctors and nurses who are dealing with this. Um, see, I, this is why I could never get in the, Half my family's in the healthcare field. I could never do it. I love simulated violence on film. And shit like that, I hate it in real life. I hate seeing it. Even watching surgical procedures on TV or whatever, it always fuck with me pretty bad. But let me transition. Let me literally transition. Oh, you can't get elective surgery right now. Oh, that's not essential. Abortion is essential, of course. <clears throat> I'm pro-choice, guys, so don't fucking come after me for that. But... Let me transition to something a little bit lighter because, honestly, for me, I'm a pretty introverted guy, and uh, I don't go out much on the weekends and everything. I do. I always like to go to my local watering holes and have a drink or two, meet Brenda there, hang out, or I also sit there and you know write my notes in the moleskin, brooding, wannabe writer. Anyway. But I, this has not been too far off. Her and I cook almost every meal in the house every day, every week anyway. This is usually how we act. Maybe we've been preparing for this. Who knows? But one thing everybody's been doing, and I've been able to do this because we've been in the house so much, I've been able to catch up on a lot of films. I've been doing a lot of reading, a lot of writing, a lot of writing notes. And uh, watched many films. So I watched uh, Hobbs and Shaw which I've been dying to watch. I'm not a big Fast and Furious guy, but uh, uh, I watched many of them. I don't know if I've seen every one. The last one I watched before Hobbs and Shaw was the one where they're in Cuba in the beginning, 
racing, which I like that one a lot. It's they're, they're so ridiculous and over the top. They're so good. I watched Tokyo Drift. I watched one and two. I, anyway, they're so ridiculous and they're just crazy scenes. I can't remember the movies. But Hobbs and Shaw was great. I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for the second time, and I liked it even way more than I did the first time. It's definitely way up there for Tarantino. And I think I shared that on my IG. Let me know what you guys think is the best Tarantino script. Not necessarily directing job. He has nine movies, and I did top ten scripts, which True Romance will always be two. Reservoir Dogs will always be one. Unless he does something really crazy in the next couple years, few years, whatever. He said he's only doing one more movie. And then he ambitiously says he's just going to do a play or do a novel. I could see him... I've kind of been critical about him just saying, oh, I could just do a novel. Like, it's way different, and he's so good at writing scripts. But I, the way his movies are, they, they're like visual novels. They really are. So he could probably pull it off, and it would be, of course, I'm going to buy it and read it the day it comes out. So, fuck, what kind of asshole am I? Anyway, watch a lot of movies. I finally watch a movie that I've always been told about, and I absolutely loved, called Sexy Beast. I think Ben Kingsley, I don't know if he won the Oscar, he was nominated for Don Logan. It's such a brilliant film, and it's tight, compacted, it's... Very that Ray Winstone, the guy, uh, he's in, he's Jack's henchman. He's Frank Costello's henchman in Departed. Uh, he was in what is it, Edge of Darkness with Mel Gibson. He's a fucking great actor. Uh, but I don't know, Ian McShane is in it too. That was something that stood out to me. Hobbs and Shaw, I'm going to them Mexico. Uh, Beirut, Brad Anderson. I got to do a whole episode about Brad Anderson because people don't talk about him enough. His film from his last theatrical film, I believe, was Beirut. Um, and uh, what's his name? John Hamm starred in it. Shea Wiggum's in it. Rosamond Pike's in it. She killed it. They all body it. Heavy. Uh, who, oh, Dean Norris. Uh, fucking Hank from Breaking Bad. He's in it and he kills it. He has hair in it for the first time on screen in years. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, Beirut, I can't recommend that. That's four and a half out of five easily. I already, you know what else is crazy about it? It talks about the Beirut, um, Lebanon Civil War pretty in-depth, and they got the, you know, it's, it's unapologetic about Islam, Judaism. They don't really get into Christianity. They just kind of have the West. They're doing that shit right now. That's the shit in New York right now where everyone claps at 7. You guys hear that? They, they, baby, they do this every day at 7. This is the thing like in Italy where they sing the opera on the thing. Open the window and start clapping, baby. This is what they do. <clears throat> yeah, this is the thing now for solidarity. Hey, you know, if it lifts, you know, I gotta be honest, if they lift people's spirits up, you know. WrestleMania is going on, too. Two day event, and there's no fans, whatever. Anyway, let me not lose my train of thought here. There was a film, there was many more films I watched, but there was one that stuck out to me that I've had in my, um, in my Q, I guess they call it. I don't know what the Q, Q U E, K? I don't know what the fuck that is. Like the thing where your watch list, I would go, hold on, listen, they're still going.
thing where they clap every time it's it's yep seven oh two. Hey, you know we we need some guys. Uh, I think we need to fucking get everything back to normal and see where the cards fall. But uh, again, that's probably what a fucking anarchist, narcissist, nihilist would say. So there was one film that stuck out to me, and I did. I made a fucking IG post about this where I said, um, "No, these are some of the movies I watched, and I forgot to include this." Warrior. Warrior is an MMA movie with Joel Egerton, Tom Hardy, and Nick Nolte. Right there, my dick's hard, okay? Like, uh, some of my absolute favorite actors. And I had it saved for, like, two years, and I never watched it. And then it just randomly came on one of the channels, one of the premium channels we still have. I'm going to cancel my premium shit because <laughs> things are getting tough out here, guys. So... I, this was a four and a half, this was on Beirut's level, as I was just saying, four and a half out of five easily, and when it first started, I was like, ah, oh, this is okay, then it got real good, Nolte was nominated for supporting actor, I don't know who he was up against, what movies or whatever, but, uh, goddamn, if anyone ever deserved it, Jesus H. Christ, I love Nick Nolte, 48 Hours, what is it, Extreme Prejudice, uh, what the fuck, Blue Chips, he's a He's a he's a powerhouse when he's on screen. So, um, this led me... Uh, you know I love these lists, these top ten lists, right? And, um, and Tom Hardy, of course, has to be the hardest human being that's ever walked the face of the earth in the movie. Spoiler alert, uh, his brother is Joel Egerton. It's a totally estranged family. Uh, the dad, they're, all, they're Irish from Pittsburgh, I believe, but it's in... Philly, it's in Pennsylvania, but it goes back and forth between Pittsburgh and uh, Philly, and um, then it ends in Atlantic City with a, uh, a big tournament fight. Side note, one thing is so good in it is that fucking Brian Callen, Joe Rogan's best friend, basically plays Joe Rogan in the fucking movie, he's the commentator, and uh, I did hear a podcast where, I think it was the Four Horsemen, as they called them, when they did that fight companion, where it's fucking uh, Shab, Rogan, Callan, and Bravo. I fucking love those. I know there's so many fucking cunts online that uh, hate on these guys, but when they do those four, when those four go, I love it. I know they're fucking rich and the blah blah. It's, it's, stop hating on them and fucking try to get where they are. Not uh, maybe um, personality wise, but success wise, of course. Now, uh, yeah, I heard them talking about how it was kind of fake. Like, dudes wouldn't be able to fight uh, day after, you know, multiple days. And I completely understand that from an aesthetic purpose, coming from dudes that fight and understand the fight game much better than I do. But the story couldn't have worked without it. And I'm a story guy. And I'm, uh, you know, it couldn't have worked any other way. But anyway, Warrior is brilliant. It's a combat sports movie, it's an MMA movie, but it's such a good story, it's such a strong script, they hit every beat, and maybe people, if you disagree with me, fucking let me know in the comments and tell me why, because I really, really like this film, and I thought that it just hit every mark very well. It's hard for me not to put it at five. I, I can't remember exactly. There was a couple flaws. His wife, 
fucking Joel Egerton's wife would fucking hate it in it. But that is what a wife like that would act like. Now, I pulled up a, a top ten list from a site called Scoop Whoop. And it's called Top Ten Combat Sports Movies That Make You Want to Jump in the Ring and Make You Want to Jump in the Octagon or Make You Want to Jump in the Wrestling Ring, you know? Let me go through this fucking thing because I've seen most of these. Number ten. Real Steel 2011. Now, this... The movie's a piece of shit with Hugh Jackman. Now, I don't think the story's a piece of shit, and let me explain, because this is a Richard Matheson short story from back in the day, before there were robots and AI and fucking automation and all this garbage. Fucking... So... In Real Steel, Hugh Jackman's controlling one of them. There was a Twilight Zone episode with Lee Marvin, where he's the bo- robot boxer, but it comes from a Richard Matheson. Again, Richard Matheson, I am legend, fucking Omega Man, last man on Earth. He, uh, he kind of seems prophetic right now. Does he not? So anyway, Real Steel, movie sucked. Twilight Zone episode is pretty good. The short story is absolutely brilliant, but I won't expound on that. I'm going to have to do a whole episode about Richard Matheson to go. Number nine, Ip Man. Of course, I love Ip Man, all of them. Where's the one with the one with Mike Tyson? Which one is it? I love this one. This is where they have the Bruce Lee martial arts, and they say, oh, a girl made this, blah, blah, blah. A female made this, but then he whoops everyone's ass. Ip Man, Donnie Yen, love him. Great. Now we're going to go to number eight, which is Blood and Bone. Good Lord, I can't believe this is on here. I can't believe these people did this. Blood and Bone was a Michael Jai White movie where he's fighting, uh, he's doing kind of like underground fights. It's like, it reminded me of Lionheart, fucking Van Damme. And he fights, he fights one guy. I can't remember his name, and it's going to take me too long to dig to find it. He fights a big guy that's big in these things now. Okay, this is what I'm embarrassed to say. I have not watched, but it's on Netflix. So by the end of this weekend, I will watch this film. And my favorite actor won Best Supporting for it. Uh, the Fighter with Wahlberg playing uh, Mickey, Mickey Ward. And fucking the trainer, of course, is uh, well, the fucking dude who smokes crack. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? The fucking Christian Bale plays him. What the fuck is the guy's name? Doesn't say here. But yeah, that one I can't comment on. It's David O. Russell directed it before he directed Silver Lining Playbook, I believe. Which, of course, was so critically acclaimed that it exploded Brad Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. And it uh, had a bit of a resurgence for Robert De Niro. He was nominated for Best Supporting for that one. Number six. I can't fuck with... I can't disagree here. Number six, the Karate Kid series. And it's funny because they go from 1984 to 2010. What about now with the Cobra Kai on uh, YouTube, which I haven't watched? Which I heard mixed reviews about. Sorry, guys. I'm doing this on my work phone, and it's not connected. Oh, my God. Number five. Number five. I haven't watched all these, but the first one is so fucking good. It's un- Walter Hill directed it. Undisputed, and there's a series of them. It says Undisputed Series 2002 
2010. Wesley Snipes from Spring Rames, and it's got Jim Lampley in it. It's got fucking. It's so crazy. It has Ed Lover, and it's in jail. They box in jail. And it's the film, the Walter Hill one, the first one with Ving Rhames and Wesley Snipes, is literally set up like a HBO fight, but in jail in a movie. It, it, it's so brilliant. It's a kind of B-movie-ish, but that's probably why a guy like me would say it's so fucking brilliant. Now, let's say, uh, whoops, I skipped one. Number four is Million Dollar Baby. Haven't seen this one. This, of course, is the, uh, spoiler alert, this is the Clint Eastwood one, Hillary Swank, where doesn't she get brain damage in the fucking thing, and then he has to do a, uh, a this was Oscar nominated, I think it won shit. He has to do a euthanasia to her, something like that. I can't comment much on it, I never watched it, I do need to watch that. Considering what I've been working on, and I've mentioned that to you guys. Number three, Never Back Down series. This I'm just not familiar with at all. It looks like Michael Jai White's in it. Uh, Jake Tyler, I don't even know who the fuck that is. Never Back Down. I, I vaguely have heard of these, but yeah, I'm not into it. But I watch them, because I watch anything. Number two here is Warrior. And this is where I was going with this whole fucking rant, plus bringing up this list. Because Warrior is a brilliant film. It's, of course, a combat sports boxing MMA movie, but it just hits everything right. And Nolte's performance, he was nominated for Best Supporting. Again, I would say I have to see who he was up against, but good lord, it's a brilliant performance. It's the best thing i ever seen Nolte do, and that's saying, oh, Cape Fear. I forgot about that when I was bringing up his work before. The lawyer that fucking Max Cady fucks with. And again, me and my dad have always been split on that film, the Scorsese remake of Cape Fear, because <laughs> Nicky couldn't get over De Niro being <laughs> strapped to the bottom of the car, and he's right. That's, that's fucking so stupid. Number one, of course, there could be no other one, and there is only one of the best combat sport movie of all time series, and you know what it is. It's Rocky, and it's Transcended Generations. What did it come out in 70? What did the first one come out? In 76? And we still got Creed going? Good Lord. But watch Warrior if you haven't seen it. If you're not familiar with Rocky, which I can't imagine anyone is, watch all those. Undisputed's amazing. Just watch films, guys. It's This is a really tough... All jokes aside, all cynicism, which I'm pretty known for. All cynicism aside, everything aside, guys, just let's just hold together for now. Let's make it to the 30th, like they said. And let's see where we're at from there, because this is a very tough period. We can point the finger and blame this one, that one, or the other. But we're here now, you know? I have my own beliefs and my own speculation, but let's just get through this. Let's get to the other side. I don't think anything will ever be the same again, but let's see what the other side is like. Because I want to get back out, even though, as I said, I'm very introverted. I, I don't like to just be forced to stay in my house by a police state, an authoritarian police state, which is what we're living under now. I love y'all. Please stay vigilant. Please do your thing. Work out. Read. Watch movies. Write. 
do whatever your passion is and explore it as best as you can over the next month. I'm going to try and do more of these as soon and fast as I can, but we'll see how it goes because there's not enough going on to talk about. I love y'all. Peace.